Welcome to Whitechapel Church Online. You're currently listening to preaching from our Sunday services. We believe that when the preaching happens, that collectively we're hearing the Word of God, and that God's Word has the power to change who we are. We also believe that God can meet you right where you're at, and that He has a Word specifically for you. We hope that you enjoy today's sermon, and we would love to have you at an in-person service. Head over to whitechapelchurch.com to get more info. Enjoy the sermon, and be blessed. Amen. Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord. Oh, come on now. He's worthy to be praised. Thank you. Amen. I want to thank the worship team this morning. Amen. Not only this morning's worship team, but our worship team. I want to thank you all. Amen. And, and I didn't get a chance to uh, thank the worship team for Thursday. Amen. When Pastor Jordan was out Thursday. Amen. So, if you would this morning, open up your Bibles to Psalm 122. Psalm 122. I know we've been in the books, book of Acts, amen? And, and pastor's been taking us on a journey in the book of Acts. And looking at that 22nd chapter of the book of Acts, we find in that particular chapter, and, and maybe some of you have have seen me wear a shirt that says silence is betrayal. Some of you may have, but I notice here in Acts 22, there's one thing about Paul, he wasn't silent. Amen? He would tell it just like it is, even to the point of getting arrested, but he still shared his story, he still shared his testimony how Jesus met him on the road to Damascus and all of those things that, that happened to him during that particular time, that transformation period in his life. And he shared it, you know, and he wasn't fearful of who he shared it with. Even with the armies, amen, that may have had him captured and, and, and had him uh, uh, secured and everything, the commander of the army, he shared it with him. And not only did he share that part, he even told them that uh, he was a Roman citizen. Even when orders had been given to them to flog him, to whip him, to beat him, he still shared that. And through his testimony and through the moving of the Holy Spirit within and upon him, the commander of the armies kind of backed off. Now, he may have backed off because he said he was a Roman citizen. But when I read that, I believe it's because of the Holy Spirit. A amen? See, see, the Holy Spirit controls you in such a way that you don't even know you're being controlled. Sometimes that's what's wrong with the church today. We don't like being controlled in that manner because we may throw our wigs off. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost, this morning. Yeah, we might take our shoes off. We might unloosen our ties. We might even get up and run up and down the aisles. Doing something that we're not really accustomed to. A amen? But when you surrender to him, he'll have you doing things that, yeah, you're not accustomed to doing. And then you'll look around and see who saw you. Well, everybody sees you, 
even our online viewers. Amen? Amen. And you might even get a phone call, was that you last Sunday? Amen. So, so when he shared that with them, uh, the commander didn't know what to do. So in reading that, he, he took him to the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees, the high priest who was Ananias, and he took him to him. And he began to share with them, the commander did, of what Paul had said, that he was a Roman citizen. But you know how some folk are. You know, you start sharing Jesus, they don't want to hear it. Amen? So what did he do? He told him, you know, strike him on his jaw. Well, let's, let's use some other terms. Hit him in the mouth. A -a Amen? But he knew because of the law, knowing that he was a Roman citizen, he couldn't do these things. He couldn't flog him because why? After telling the other part of the story of the testimony, even the commander couldn't find anything wrong with him. So what does that do this morning? It led me to Psalm 122, and the reason being is because uh, coming into God's house is something for me. Coming to worship, coming to fellowship, and we've had a time where we couldn't come to worship and to fellowship. Just being together, together in the house of the Lord and the spirit of God being in here with us and moving within us and around us. You know, it's just something in awe for me. I don't know about you. I don't know how you take it. You know, but I can't come to church and just sit there and not have some type of response to God's word, to the songs that have been shared and sung. and I, I can't just sit still. Because the God that I serve is not a still sitting God. Oh boy, come on now. He moves. And then when I come in God's house because his spirit lives in me, I got to move. I got to move sometime. Now if you notice today, I got a helper and it's up under the seat right now, but I've been on a cane. But he's been moving. <laughs> oh, boy, y'all didn't catch that. I've had two hip replacements, okay? And the one that I've had five years ago has been giving me a problem and been affecting my back. But, you know, much prayer, much power. And some others have been praying for me. Amen? So, so if you notice, I'm moving. Pastor Jordan said I probably would have thrown my cane if I brought it up on the stage, so I left it because I didn't want to have a lawsuit. <laughs> and I know the church didn't want one. Amen, amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Father, for the pre preaching privilege, Lord. I'm humbled, Lord, today that, that I have been asked to come and just to share your word. I pray now, Lord God, that you have your way in this house today, Lord. This is your house. Have your way in your house. Lord, move in this place. And if there's someone today that might find his or herself out of the ark of safety, I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that name which is above every name, 
that name in which every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that you are Lord. Have your way today that someone might come and ask what must they do to be saved. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Psalm 122. Psalm 122 is a, uh, considered a song of accent or a song of degrees. You can still find this particular song uh, written upon the walls in Jerusalem. And as we read this psalm, I, I just want you to let your mind go back. Let your mind go back. Remembering when you got saved. Remembering when you got saved. You know, it's like, you know, how you celebrate your birthdays, your children's birthdays, your grandchildren's birthdays. Remember how you got saved, that birth date. That time in your life, when you accepted Jesus Christ in your life, what happened in your life? Because what happened in your life then should not change as to what's happening in your life now because of who's in your life now. Jesus is still working miracles today. Amen? He's a miracle working. Come on, somebody. Now, for some of you who don't know, you got to talk to me here. Because if you don't talk to me, I'll come off the stage and wake you up. Amen? Psalm 122 says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet shall stand within the gates. O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together. Whether the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, unto the testimony of Israel, to give thanks unto the name of the Lord. For there are set of thrones of judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem that shall prosper that love thee. Peace be within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces. For my brethren and companions' sakes, I will now say peace be unto thee. Because of the house of the Lord, our God, I will seek thy good. There's a joy entering into God's house. There's a joy entering into God's house. When we look at this particular psalm here, the first verse, we sense that there's a sheer excitement that has come about of the psalmist. And unlike any other psalms, of course we know that David is ascribed or given to this particular psalm, as well as three others. You don't have to wait until you get to the very last verse of this psalm to experience the joy of the spirit of emotion. And that's the way it ought to be when we come into God's house. We don't have to wait because on Saturday night, on Friday, after Bible study, that I'm just anticipating and waiting to come in God's house on Sunday morning. Oh, boy. Am I by myself this morning? You can almost hear the tone of the voice here of the psalmist, of his ecstasy, of his worship experience. 
For he said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I was glad. I'm excited. When it's church time, when it's time to get up and come into God's house and preparing myself for worship and to praise. Now there's so much controversy as to who the particular author is of this beautiful poem. Yes, I said it's attributed to David because those who hold this view, when David speaks of the house of the Lord, he is referring to Jerusalem because Jerusalem was the center of the holy city, the place where they came during the feast to worship. The same way we get up, we come to this place to worship. Or wherever, whoever's listening, that their house of worship is. You go there, not on feast days, but you go on that day that God has given through his son Jesus Christ. We go on Sunday. Some go on Saturday. They want to argue about that. I don't have time to argue. I go when it's appointed time for me to go. Now it would seem here that the logical conclusion here for this, since the temple had been built under David's kinship, his kingship, if David in fact wrote this psalm, it's clear that it's associated here with the entire city of Jerusalem, with the presence of God in the city. The presence of the God is here. Our God is here with us. He said in his word, where two or three gathered in his name, he'd be in our midst. So therefore, I take him at his word because he, he can't lie. That's one thing about God. He cannot lie. So I was glad when they said unto me, I've been everywhere. I've been to ball games. I've been to stadiums. I've been in different other areas. But there's no area alive that can soothe me and calm me and answer my prayers. But when I come in the house of the Lord to fellowship with the saints of God, to lift up his holy and righteous name. I get excited. I don't know about you, but I get excited. Is there anybody in God's house excited about the God that we serve? Ah. So here we have scholars that say whatever they want to say that whether it was written by David or not. But let me just tell you something. If David hadn't written it, I would. Oh, boy, 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 boy. Y'all didn't get that. If he had not written this particular psalm, I would have written it. Because that's just how glad I am to be in God's house, to be amongst God's people, to be in God's care. Because there was a time in all of our lives when we weren't in the care of God. There was a time probably when we weren't coming to church. Might have been brought up in the church, didn't stay in the church because the world sometimes blew us out of the church. But I'm so glad. I'm glad that somebody took me to God's house. That when like the prodigal son, I came to myself, I had enough sense 
to go back to God's house. So here we find in this particular psalm here, the first thing that we notice here, when you enter into God's house, and especially this one, is those stained glass windows. Amen. The beauty of the stained glass windows. Amen. We look at all the different colors that we have in those windows. It shows us of the universality of God's love. Come on, somebody. We look at the royal blues that we have here, and it symbolizes a sky that was painted without a brush on creation morning. When we look and see the greens that are in the windows, it reminds me of a spirit of ever-renewing spring when it comes. Of course, in Florida, we can have spring year-round, just about. Amen? And when spring comes, it comes after a, a, a dismal, bleak winter that we've had, a cold winter that if I was still in Kentucky, <laughs> I'd be experiencing it right there. Thank God for Florida. The dismal winter, because in wintertime, there are a lot of things that happen during winter. There are a lot of deaths that happen in winter. And when death comes, that's a separation. Am I right about it? Come on, somebody. It also reminds me of the green pastures in which our Savior leads us into, that I can wallow into the prosperity of his blessings. We have the orange and we have the cherry and the peach. It reminds us of the fruits of the Spirit, of God's love, joy, and peace. The purple reminds me of the passion of Christ when he stood before Pilate, before he put him on that old rugged cross. When we have the crimson and the red, it reminds me of the blood that was shed for me and my sins. I can't answer for you, but it was shed for my sins. And I can't help but be joyful of understanding somebody died for me. Somebody shed their blood for me. Somebody laid down their life for me. Even when I was still in my recklessness. When we look at the gold in the windows, it reminds me of the place that I'm trying to get to where the streets are paved with gold. That's why I'm trying to hold on. Trying to hold on and hold out. So I can see that day when it comes and be able to be there. Amen? So each time I get up, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord. I anticipate who's going to meet me there. I anticipate what's going to be sung that leads me there into worship. I anticipate that because why? I can be a part of that. Yes, I understand some have to stay home. And when we were doing with COVID, yes, we had to stay home. But I was glad when it was time to come back because there's something about being in the fellowship with God's people, finding out how are you, how are you doing, how's your week been. But then when I walk through those doors and the presence of the Lord is here, from the outside to the inside, 
from the parking lot even, from the chatter of the people sharing one another, smiling, glad to see you this morning, and coming in and being greeted at the front door. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord, because you don't get that everywhere. So here we are. Here we are today. You can be sure that when you come in God's house, the word is going to be read. Somebody's going to read God's word. And they'll be reading from that book that's described as a road map that gets you from earth to glory. It's a road map. Amen? It's a book that has a recipe for salvation. And Pastor wore his, his, uh, his blessed shirt. I won't say good luck shirt, his blessed shirt. But he only shared that to put fear in you, to let you know he has an advantage. Amen? Oh, y'all a little slow this morning. So, so God's word is, is it's a roadmap. It's a blueprint, amen, to help us. What do you mean it helps us? When God's word is read from the book, it offers comfort to those that are oppressed. It gives strength to those that are downcast, those that are weak. It gives encouragement to those who may have been beaten up through life and they feel so weary and feel like they just can't make it or just can't go on, just don't have strength to move another inch further. The singing, the reading, and the preaching. The preacher then gets up and he breaks the bread of life unto us. He stands here on this holy ground, this holy place, where God delivers his message to the ones he calls his children. And all we got to do is just be obedient. That's all we have to do is to accept and to open ourselves up to God's reading of his word, hearing his word, applying his word in our lives. That's why we come. You can't find this anywhere else. I don't care you go to basketball, football, whatever, your favorite team, you can't find this anywhere else. And it bothers me that I can go cheer somewhere else and can't come in God's house and raise a joyful noise to the Lord. Get in the stadium and do waves and, and everything else. Don't care if you're up on the screen. But come in God's house and I can't make a joyful shout, a joyful noise to the Lord, my creator. <sighs> Something's wrong with that. Something's wrong with that. But I'll tell you something that's going on in God's house. Souls are being saved in God's house. People that have backslidden have come back to the Lord in God's house. Because why? This is a manufacturing center. A Christian manufacturing center. A Christian manufacturing center is a rehab for those that are down and out. Because, see, you would come in here 
as a raw material and leave as a finished product. Yeah, that's how you can come in. You come in raw and leave finished. I don't care if you even think you've already arrived. You haven't got there yet. You can go come in here lost and go out found. Am I right about it? You can come in here hell bound and leave out of here heavenly bound because of Jesus. You could come in here with sorrow and leave with joy and don't know why you're crying. Come on, somebody. But there's yet another reason why I'm glad to go into the house of the Lord. I know this is God's headquarters. And I know that there's some singing that goes up and goes on. I know that there's some Bible reading that goes on. I know that there's some praying and some preaching that goes on. I know that sinners are being led to Jesus Christ. But before the night is far spent, there might be some shouting going on. What are you talking about? See, I, I can't make a prediction. I can't predict it. But I realize that we might not have the reputation of being uh, a Holy Ghost headquarters but who knows who knows if we're great if we're refuge of grace then we can be a Holy Ghost headquarters some of us might suddenly be overwhelmed by the goodness of God somebody in here might raise a hand that's never raised a hand Somebody in here might get up and say amen. This never said amen. Some of us might get uncomfortable because the Spirit of God is moving around and within and might get up and yeah, preach. In other words, somebody might get up and do something that wasn't customary in their praise or in their worship. And I just want you to know this morning, it's all right. It, it, it's, it's all right. Yeah. Every now and then, every now and then, every now and then, some type of expression has to come out. Every now and then. Yeah, because I don't serve a dead God. Oh, help me here this morning. There's nothing dead about the God that I serve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it doesn't make any difference. It doesn't have to be a black church, white church, Hispanic church. God is sovereign over all. God is God. And he moves. Oh, yes, he does. And sometimes, sometimes if, when the pastor was saying, if you just open up and release yourself, he'll get to moving in you. And you get to that point in your life where I just can't help myself. They'll just have to ask me after church, well, what happened to you? Because then you can say, well, if it's never happened to you, something wrong then. Oh, help me, Jesus. There might be somebody here who just allowed the Holy Spirit to have his way so that you will laugh 
when you're not tickled, you run and there's nobody after you, you cry when your body is not even in pain. Might be some shouting going on in here. And it will be because I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. There might be somebody from this Sunday forward that might just get that excited when pastor's preaching and realize that when I look at the scripture text, boy, that could have been me. That could have, would, would I testify like Paul? Knowing that I'm in lockup, would I share Jesus in the manner that Paul did, knowing that I could be flogged and put to death, whether I was a Roman citizen or not, whether I was a member of the church or not? It's about what Jesus had done for me. And if you can't share that anywhere else, you ought to be able to share that in God's house. So I'm glad this morning. I'm so glad this morning that when I look back over my life and I see where he's brought me from, it wasn't nothing that I had done. Wasn't nothing I could ever do. But I thank God this morning that he didn't throw me away. I thank God this morning that he saw something in me that I didn't see it myself. I thank God this morning that when he picked me up out of that monk in miry clay, he began to reshape my life all over again. I don't stand here professing and confessing that I'm a perfect vessel because God's not finished with me yet. But I'm certainly glad. I'm certainly glad. I'm sure enough glad that God had enough love within him to fill me with his love, to give me the forgiveness that I needed to start me on a new journey and a new path. And I don't care where I am, who I'm around. I'm not ashamed of his gospel. And I'm going to declare it wherever I am. Because when Jesus went to Calvary, and laid down on that old rugged cross. <laughs> he had a crown of thorns on his head. He was pierced in his side. He was spat upon. He was flogged and he was beaten. He shed his blood for me. And when they raised him up, they raised him up and all the sins of the world fell on his shoulders. My sins and your sins, I can't help that whenever I get an opportunity, silence is betrayal. I can't betray my master. And I've got to tell somebody about it. I've got to shout about it. And I'm so glad this Sunday morning that I can stand before his presence, give him praise, give him glory, give him honor, and say thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. That old song said, this is my story. This is my song. <laughs> Praising my Savior all the day long. Thanks for joining us at White Chapel Church Online. We pray that today's sermon blessed you and that you'll continue to join us as we lean into God's Word together. Until next time, have a great week.